thank you so much for your welcome. My name is Louise. I'm part of the Pete and Louise team that you are praying for. We are in Bangladesh with uh, BMS Baptist World, um, BMS World Mission. Let's give them their correct title from the beginning. We don't look like our prayer card because we have changed over the last five years. So we arrive in churches and people go, oh, you looked younger in your picture. So I'm, I'm, I'm you don't know that. I wasn't expecting you and I'm like okay so thank you Martin that you at least had the grace having known us before to not look too phased by what five years in Bangladesh has has done for us um so six, I was just thinking six years ago uh almost to this month or last month then Pete stood in front of World Baptist Church and explained that God was calling him to minister in a different country in a different way and he he broke down and cried while he told the church that and uh, and it was quite a painful parting uh, because it is when you leave a group of people that you love and uh, in contrast I went into work in North Somerset Council and really cheerfully handed over my notice and went I'm really sorry I'm off to Bangladesh and uh, and I think I'm going to enjoy myself slightly more in Bangladesh than I do working for the local authorities so uh, I'm a social worker by profession although I began my my journey of life at London Bible College and uh, had felt really called to overseas mission uh, in my really in my youth but had uh, had a place to go to in Lebanon and it was the time that Terry Waite was kidnapped and so I finished my third year at Bible College no longer going to Lebanon because it was too unsafe and so I've sought to serve the Lord wherever he's placed me through social work children's work youth work in the church and and kind of just feel like going to Bangladesh is just you're just carrying on the same we are I'm no different to you we are all ministering and serving God and uh, Pete who I met in Aberdeen where I trained to be a social worker he'd uh, started life as a geologist he is a, a really boring person when he talks about rocks he's a really lovely person the rest of the time I'm going to save you also from Man City references so I just have to say it out loud so football and rocks are Pete's thing and then uh, there was a slump in the oil industry because he was a geologist and he he used that time to go to Pakistan where he served for a year working with missionaries and came back full of passion and he also believed that he would be going soon overseas but it turned out that the Lord only called us five years ago when we went to visit BMS and we went we might be too old but can you do something with us and they went no don't worry about that and we went okay so we are in our last years of our working life or our paid working life we find ourselves joyfully uh, serving in Bangladesh and I'm just going to just introduce you to the country a tiny bit because this is the first time that we've been with you um, so this is Bangladesh it's uh, located with India all around it and we also have a border with with Myanmar and uh, as you fly into Bangladesh the first thing you see out the window is just it's very very green and sometimes it's very very green and very very wet depending on the the season and as you come into Dhaka you just see row after row of concrete houses so we live in Dhaka it's a mega city we've got 21 million neighbours it's quite a contrast to my life <laughs> I grew up in a village in Oxfordshire <laughs> I've lived in Western Supermare the city of Aberdeen was the biggest place I'd ever lived and now I live in in Dhaka and it's vibrant it's noisy it's dynamic it's it's really really different 
and uh, has many needs. So this is the uh, this is the street where we live. And once a year, the Christians come out at sunrise uh, on Easter Sunday uh, for sunrise service. So there's freedom, or there are freedoms within the constitution of Bangladesh for everyone to worship and celebrate their own faith. So it's a a slightly easier context in some ways to work. There's 170 million people living in Bangladesh. Bangladesh is the same size as England. But don't you go talking about overcrowding to a Bangladeshi, because you wouldn't know the meaning of it. So there are, there are people everywhere in Bangladesh uh, rubbing shoulders together. Only 0.3 of those 170 million are, are Christian. Uh, so it's one of the least evangelized countries in the world. Uh, the majority faith is Muslim. Uh, there's a strong Hindu influence and also Buddhism. So the four religions uh, are recognized by the state. and We can all celebrate our own festivals um, and have some freedoms about how we worship and some protections when we worship as well. Uh, Dhaka is a glorious city, very large, very noisy. Its air is atrocious. It has no green spaces. Its infrastructure is not in line with its building. And so it ranks the seventh least livable city uh, in the world. Uh, it's a struggle for us, but it's a struggle for absolutely everybody, all the young people, people that flood to the city in the hope of work and a better life, uh, find themselves in really challenging uh, situations. And then Bangladesh itself is third in the world about in relation to disasters because of its low lyingness, it floods and the cyclones and all sorts of activities in the countries around, which we won't go into, lead to uh, heightened disasters when it when it rains. So Bangladesh floods all the time. It needs to flood because that's how everything grows. But when we talk about flooding in Bangladesh, we're talking about unnatural flooding. So it's a really, really challenging place for people uh, to live, as well as having some wonderful benefits, not least the mango season that I have sacrificed to come here. So everyone talks about mangoes in Bangladesh, like we talk about the weather. So it was like, oh, we're, we're going to the UK. Oh, sister, you're going to miss the mango season. <laughs> like, I know, I am going to my son's wedding, but I am going to miss the mango season. And, and when I complain, I go, it's really hot. And they go, but sister, it's not hot the mangoes won't grow so i've i've learned to kind of go oh good it's hot oh good it's raining because i'll have two months of mangoes <laughs> and that and that will just have to see me through so it's not it's a vibrantly uh it's a country where things just grow uh, and we eat loads of fruit and everything so it's uh, a really blended uh experiences and we work with something called the bangladesh baptist church shongo which is a bit like working with the Bugby, what's it called? Baptist Union of Great Britain. So it's uh, it's kind of like the, the gathering of leaders who oversee the, the collection of Baptist churches. And there's 390 Baptist churches in the Shongo. Uh, they've got 180 pastors. And these churches are scattered all around Bangladesh. And Pete and I have the joy of going out to visit uh, many churches, preaching, teaching, doing training. We're doing some relief training here and just helping people think about when it floods next time, what you might take with you if all you can do is pick up in your two, your two arms. And uh, so we, we do a variety of conversations with people. And it's, uh, it's what our general secretary calls a golden time in Bangladesh at the moment. So 
there is freedom to, to share the message. And when that message is shared, uh, people are responding. So we've got 17 new outreach areas. So that's places where evangelists have sat in the tea stall and chatted to people, made relationships, and where there's a real strong interest. So the 17 areas where we're working really intentionally to share the gospel because that's where God has gone ahead of us. And my little statistic here, about 3,000 children. So in Bangladesh, you sit your Sunday school exam every year, and my colleague Shilpi will write you a certificate if you pass. And she said, I've written 3,000 certificates with everybody's name on it. So it's like every church, we've got Sunday school going on, we've got women's work going on, there's outreach work, prayer meetings, fasting, uh, kind of church life uh, carries on in, in quite unusual and challenging uh, places. So I'm, I've got, uh, my PowerPoint is all amalgamated. So if you came to the first service, you'd have got my Gamcha talk. And, and so you'll just have to ignore this as I flick through. Thank you. And then I'm going to share something. We're calling it Life Giving Stories. That isn't Bangla. It's Bangla on my laptop. It's not Bangla. You've corrupted my Bangla, but that is just, that, that is Jibon Deba Jono Gilpo. So four life giving stories. And uh, we learn Bangla and we're really, really bad at it. We keep trying. And uh, so we use lots of pictures. So I can't resist a habit of a lifetime. So I'm just going to share some Bible stories, pictures, and stories from Bangladesh. It's, it's kind of a do-it-yourself sermon. So I'm going to say what this means in Bangladesh, but I'm going to leave you to ask, what does this mean for me, if you don't mind? I know the preacher is supposed to round it up and tell you, but I'm going to ask that you just listen, rejoice, and ask God, what are you saying to me uh, through the stories that we're going to look at, stories in the Bible and the stories of um, from Bangladesh. And I'm just going to begin by introducing you to uh, uh, Oshim, who's the uh, General Secretary, and he has a message for you. Minister, mm. yeah. uh, it's my pleasure that uh, I am sharing uh, my uh, heartiest greetings to the BMS um, friends, and uh, thank you for your prayer and moral support. Actually, it's a really good job you are doing for Bangladesh and we are blessed and we give thanks uh, for brother uh, Peter and sister Louise. Uh, they are doing fantastic job uh, with us and uh, we are so grateful uh, for your passion and uh, prayer and compassionate heart for BBCS. Thank you and one greetings to you all. Pray for this man. He is the leader of the Bangladesh Shongo and and for him knowing that there's churches all across the UK praying really helps because it's a pretty lonely place to be if you're such a small minority and you're leading an organization. So he, he says, I feel like you are walking alongside me because I know the UK is praying and supporting. So I just, we just wanted to share that, that thanks uh, with you and just to keep encouraging that you pray uh, for our leaders in Bangladesh. So, story number one. This is your Bible quiz time, Bangladesh style. Can you give me the chapter and verse that you think this relates to? I won't make you quote it, because in Bangladesh, because people learn by rote, you would be able to quote it. But give us a guess. What does the story say to you? What does the picture say? 
creation, yes, yeah, we're in Genesis. Yes, the story of God breathing life. And we've worshipped beautifully. Thank you to the worship team. We've, there's no way that I need to tell you now that God is creator and life giver. And we've celebrated communion. But it's good to just stop and remember that everything starts with the Lord and that we only have life because it comes from God. God given life. And we have prayed and praised already, celebrating and, and giving thanks. But all mission stories start with God's life giving breath, the gift of life. I'm going to slightly different learning. And then these words mean a huge amount to us when we're in Bangladesh. When Jesus said, The thief steals, kills, and destroys. But I come to bring life, and life in all that is full, fullness of life. And we can celebrate so much more. So God has given us breath, but God has given us fullness of life. And when we share God's story with others, we are sharing fullness of life. And so these life-giving stories that we begin in Genesis, remembering that God gave us life and Jesus has given it in his fullness is the starting point uh, for the stories that I want to share from, from Bangladesh. And I'm gonna share a story now where some people encountered the life-giving breath of God for themselves. their people to the son of the spiritual leader and 
he made contact with the Shongo office and uh, said, I need to talk to you about Jesus. I want to know more. And so he said, come to the office. And uh, John, who's the assistant general secretary, said to Pete, oh, we've got a group of um, Sufi Muslims coming to the office tomorrow. Uh, can you do a little session with them? They, uh, they think they might want to get baptized. So Peter praying about this and feels like the next day is because he's desperately trying to prepare in Bangla in English. Anyway, he felt that God was saying that he should speak about uh, Saul encountering Jesus on the road to Damascus. And he was chatting with the, the group, so he prepared all his stuff for that. And he said, oh, how come is it that you're here? And they said, oh, God revealed himself to us as the great light. And we want to know what that means. So God revealed himself to these people. He prepared Pete with a message that linked in with that. And they have since more and more of them have become Christians. They've declared their faith through baptism. We did it in Dhaka because then that is a little bit safer. So while you have freedom to worship, your community might not be quite so, so happy. So, so it's, um, it's quite a sensitive story, but God is directly, life-giving creator God is speaking directly to people, causing them to seek. And some of our challenge and mission is to be the people ready to give that answer when someone just goes, could you tell me about this or that? So mission is part of being prepared because God is ahead of us. God is way ahead of us. God is always ahead of us. But in mission, it is our experience in Bangladesh that God is ahead of us. So my next story uh, is, is the one of Elisha. Now, I'm not going to make you guess the uh, passages anymore. I'm just going to tell you them. <laughs> so this is Elisha and his widow. Uh, the widow and her son dies and Elisha comes uh, comes into the house and he's praying for that son to come back to life and he stretches out on top of the child's body and the child grows warm again and is brought back to life and uh, we kind of picked this story to talk about mission because of that real proximity to suffering that this picture gives us the closeness you need to walk and prepare to be with people who are in deep deep pain and and deep suffering so mission is proximal. It's about, about being close. And uh, that's very challenging for all of us. Uh, we're challenged by the number of people on the street who are asking for money. The NHS is not stretched with empire. We did not take the NHS. So there's very few medical facilities uh, for some people in, in Bangladesh. And so we daily have to make decisions about what does that mean when God asks us to be proximal uh, to suffering, you have similar uh, challenges as well. And we want to, um, to share a story now about kind of how we do missions. So the way that we, on the whole, some of our mission work is with villages like that one where God just speaks to people and they come. And other times it's we share, build relationships and walk the journey with people through their life events, very much like you do here in the United Kingdom. So this is another village, and I want to share another, another video with you.
part of this story. So Alubari is a, a tiny village up in the tea plantation area in, in Bangladesh. And James and Bina, who are the mission, the evangelists there, they've been living there for 10 years. They've come from a different part of Bangladesh. And uh, there's a lot of visions in Bangladesh and dreams. So God woke them up in the middle of the night and um, gave them a vision that there's 10 police stations, police districts in, in the tea gardens. And he gave them a vision and they said, God wants a church planted in every single place where there's a, a police station. So for 10 years, they've just been doing that bit that it says that Jesus says, go out, find a person of peace, share the gospel. So James is a, a relationship builder person. He's a nonstop chatter to people. And he builds relationships and shares, shares the gospel in word. Bina is a dynamic preschool teacher. She gathered 100 children at one time for Sunday school and, and just shared stories of Jesus. And we've joined her for that, just sort of outside in the just telling stories about Jesus. So these two people share that, that love of Jesus with people. But as you walk, I mean, the tea garden folk face a huge amount of disadvantage. They're paid really, really badly. And uh, before the gardens were planted, and I think this is a bit of a British colonial story, uh, these folk owned that land. It was their, their land, the, the, the people that had lived there for generations. But now they, um, now they work on the land and pay rent to, to live on the land that their ancestors once owned. So they feel really, really uh, disadvantaged, marginalized. And it's really difficult for the children to get an education to take them out of that because they're kind of like the workforce. So these are some of the really, really marginalized people uh, in Bangladesh. So when you share the gospel, you have to walk the walk with them as well. Uh, and so when the floods came and people are explaining and folk were sleeping on the factory floors and people were not in their homes and the, the folk up in Alibari learned their, their woodcutters and so all the forest was wet around them so they couldn't earn any money so so this relief was an answer to their prayer but it also was because james was in relationship and he could come back and say look and then we phone bms and we go look uh, and people gloriously give so the global church meeting uh, the needs of the poor in different places is a really uh, real privilege to be part of that that story and uh James just tells people about Jesus and then he says, can I pray for you? And he again allows God to be God. So God, the life giver, being shared in the word, shared indeed as we share food and bring relief. And as we're willing to pray and just say, can I bring that to God is another way that we do uh, mission in Bangladesh and how we see the fullness of life uh, for people. And then the third picture I want to bring is we're now outside the tomb of Lazarus and Lazarus is dead and Jesus shouts, come out. And Lazarus comes out, he's brought back to life, but he's still bound with his grave clothes. And then Jesus says, unwrap him and let him go. And uh, we were sharing this story uh, with a friend of mine, uh, this is Nandita, and uh, last year Nandita uh, was ordained. We ordained two women who were the first two women in Bangladesh Baptist Church Shongo to be ordained, and uh, 
she said, I heard, she wrote to me and, and spoke to me and she said, I felt called by God all of my life to, to be in ministry, but I was like Lazarus. I had God's life in me, but I was bound up. I could not serve. There were too many challenges and that God unbound those challenges and freed me to be the woman that he has called me to be. And this is again, is another picture of mission, life-giving mission where we help unbind people to allow them to be the person that God has called them to be. And I have and do not need us. And then in Alubari, I want to tell you another story. There was a woman in Alubari called Martha, and uh, she was demon possessed, and her family didn't know what to do with her. So she was violent, she was aggressive, she was out of control, and they tried. And James says they tried every treatment, which will mean that they've gone to every single other faith healer in the area and tried everything else that they possibly could. And um, the family said to James, uh, will you baptize her? And James had a little think about that because <laughs> she wasn't confessing faith. In fact, she was barely, barely speaking. Um, and he felt that that was the right thing for him to do was to baptize her. And uh, he said, when she uh, stood in the water and she, he asked her, you know, do you confess that Jesus is Lord? And she just couldn't, she still couldn't speak because she was still bound up. So he went ahead and baptized her. And he says that as I baptized her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when she came up out of the water, she came free. God had freed her from what had bound her. And then um, when she went on a women's camp and uh, Martha hadn't been able to have children and she thought at women's camp, she was hearing more about Jesus. She thought, well, God has freed me from the demon, so I'm gonna go up for prayer for, for healing. So Martha was prayed for, and she now has a one-year-old son. So God is at work unbinding those that are bound, and we are called in mission to just be there to pray for those people at that moment, to maybe take risks for the gospel, and when you're working with people where, for whatever reason, they are bound, as your experiences will know, then you have to take some risks, and God is with you in those risks. So God brings life. God gives us life. God calls us to be in proximity with those who suffer. God calls us to be part of his work of unbinding those who are bound. And then the last story, the disciples are full of fear. Jesus has died. They are hiding behind locked doors. And Jesus comes in and just says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then we go back to our first picture of God breathing life. But Jesus then breathes his regenerating life into his disciples breathes on them and says receive the holy spirit so our experience is 
that God equips us for this work of mission. He didn't say, go off to Bangladesh and I'll see you when I get back. He's gone ahead. <laughs> but to be honest, that was quite a revelation that God was coming and God had been there before. So. <laughs> but God goes ahead. God equips us for whatever it is that we are going to encounter, whatever it is tomorrow morning or this afternoon or this evening, whichever phone call or text you're going to get with your friends when they ask you to respond, whenever you see someone in distress, we are not left undefended. God has given us the Holy Spirit. So those are my simple stories from the Bible and stories from Bangladesh. But I would like you just to allow God to speak to you, whichever story from the Bible than the ones that I've told. What is it that God's saying to you about his life-giving breath, about proximity to suffering, about unbinding those that are bound, about receiving the Holy Spirit and going? So if we could just have some time to allow God to speak and I'll stop and leave. We're going to have, we will have a time of prayer for the work of, of uh, BNS, but before we do that, um, Abby, can you just share what you shared this morning? Yeah. Uh, it was actually somebody else in conversation, but they shared with me, um, they had a vision of the church had been like wrapped up in cling film, and it was almost like suffocating us, it was like trying to suffocate us, and then um, I just felt as we were praying up the top there before the service that um, each and every one of us you know the kind of the acts that we do and the, the worship and the praise it's like cutting that off and it's allowing us to breathe again and it kind of un unbinding us um, kind of in relation to what's been shared today and there was also a, a verse that uh, came to me was um it was in, I think it's Corinthians, every high thing must come down, every stronghold shall be broken. Um, and I just felt that we are, are moving into that as a church, that we are actually coming more and more into a place of um, being unbound and, and being able to breathe again and not being suffocated anymore. And, and everything that exalts itself above the name of God is, is being thrown down and Jesus is, is being exalted. I'd like to allow just a, a little time of, of quiet where we can think about the implications for each of us um, personally or for the church. Um, and I'm sure that if God reveals something that he wants you to share, um, if, if it's in terms of a, of a picture or whatever, I, I know Martin is always eager to have you run that past him so that uh, you know you can test it but let's just have a time of quiet and then I'll lead us in a time of prayer
Rhoda, thank you for, for what you've said to each one of us um, as individuals and for us as a church through Louise this morning, Lord. Thank you. Louise, is there anything in particular we can pray for you and, and Pete? Our son gets married on the 5th of yeah, August. Oh, and, yes. uh, just for that, that kind of really good family time. Mm -hmm. And then I think just, just kind of going back to Bangladesh, restored enough to go and yeah. meet whatever is around, around the corner. And when are you due to go we'll back? We'll back on the 10th. Oh, right. So it's, um, you're not here for, for long then? No, so no. right at the tail end of our home assignment. Right. We're in our goodbyes. Yes. Harder each year. Uh, that would be really good. Mm -hmm. And then we just really value others standing alongside us praying for Bangladesh. Right. We feel really, really supported to know we're not the only ones going, Bangladesh, Bangladesh. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm not terribly good with names, but was Re Reverend Oshim? Reverend Oshim, James, James and, and Bina. And Nandita? And Nandita. Nandita. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to partner with BMS World Mission um, through, the, through finance that uh, we give from the mission um, allocation, Lord. And all, but also through prayer, Lord, and through, through our link with Louise and, and Pete. We just thank you for them. Thank you for... Um, the way that you made it clear that you wanted them to, to go overseas. But thank you, Lord, that uh, you went before them and you went with them and uh, you're still there and you'll be there when, when they go back. We just thank you for all of the, the situations that uh, Louise has shared with us. We do think, Lord, of uh, the Reverend Oshim as he heads up the, the, this um, network of, of Baptist churches, Lord, we ask that you would be with him, you would be, you would equip him, Lord, give him the strength and the, the wisdom that he needs to fulfill that role. As Louise said, it can be a lonely one. So we ask that he'll know your presence, Lord. Um, we, we thank you for James and, and for Bina, for the work that they're doing, Lord, in, in the, the tea garden areas. And again, would you equip them, strengthen them, guide them, Lord, to the places you want them to go, say the things that you want them to say, do the things that you want them to do, because we know that um, they're, all of the BMS World Mission in Bangladesh is, is uh, involved in practical help as well as in, in spiritual teaching and guiding and discipling. We ask, Lord, for, for Nandita, who's uh, been ordained, again, that you would equip and strengthen her. We think, Lord, of those 17 uh, new areas uh, where there is strong interest. And we ask, Lord, that um, you would give the, the, the Baptist churches the resources to go into the, those areas, disciple people, um, to grow, that your church might grow. We know that we can't do it, but you can. Your Holy Spirit can and does. We ask for growth in those areas. Thank you for what we've heard about dreams and visions being given to, to those of other faiths. And we, we ask you, Lord, to carry on that work. Um, but would they know, to guide them to, to the people that they need to go to, to ask the questions? Um, and again, would you uh, enable them just to share in, in a way that's relevant? Thank you for, for that story about uh, giving 
Peter, the, the story of Paul on the road to Damascus and how appropriate that was. Lord, we ask for more of that, more and more of that. And we do ask, Lord, for these thousands of children who have received Sunday school certificates, that it won't just be head knowledge, Lord, that uh, it won't just be something they've, they've done to receive a certificate or, or to pass an exam, but that you will grow, uh, they, they will grow as disciples, Lord, and be able to share with those around them um, the good news of, of Jesus. And for those of other faiths, Lord, that you call, that, uh, that you reveal yourself to, we ask for protection for them from those in their, their communities who um, might be against their, their new belief, Lord. We ask that just like yeast grows and spreads, we ask that their faith would grow and spread throughout their, their entire communities. And Lord, we do thank you again for, for Louise and for Peter. We thank you for the time that they've spent back here. We ask, Lord, for a particular blessing on, on their son and, and his, his wife-to-be um, on the 5th of August, Lord, as they, they make their vows to one another. May it be a, a really blessed day for the whole family for, and for all their friends. And yes, we know, Lord, that uh, Louise and Peter's time here is coming to an end um, but we do ask Lord, that you will send them back um, reinvigorated re-enthused Lord just filled with everything that they need to fulfill your purposes in in Bangladesh Lord and uh, yeah we know the saying out of uh, out of sight out of mind and I pray that that will not be the case Lord would you keep us faithful um, in prayer for for Louise and Peter and the work in Bangladesh. Lord, thank you so much for what you've, you've taught us this morning um, about that, that country. We ask all of these prayers in, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. And so we're, we're going to um, sing our closing song um, this morning. It refers to um, Jesus being lifted high, a banner across this land. But of course, what we want to, to see is Jesus lifted high as a banner across the, the whole world um, as people come to know him, not only in Bangladesh, but uh, wherever uh, he's not known yet that he will be, be made known.
Yes, Lord, that is our prayer, that you be lifted high, that all men might see the truth and know that you are the only way, the way to heaven, the way to eternal life, the way to a lasting relationship with our Father God. Amen.